Morena, Kiora, and um, wow, God is so amazing. What a wonderful atmosphere in this house. Wow, next year, two services, eh? Some of you guys who are new at the church, of course, don't know that before COVID, we had three services, and we, we were going actually very well. And then COVID hit, and we kind of went that way. And then, like most churches, and then now we're building up again, and so praise God for you guys and for what God is doing in our house. Ten people baptized last week. Um, we, Catherine and I, were in the West Coast last um, weekend on Saturday, on, uh, Saturday and Friday. Catherine did a women's meeting. I did a men's meeting. We had uh, three salvations. Um, several of Gloriaville people came, and they were just ministered to, and some powerful stuff happened there. And God is just on the move, you know, and uh, it's just wonderful to be part of this whole thing. And uh, Wow. So good. Uh, just, just a little thing about the business, business leaders. If you're a business leader, we have our end of the year business function this Wednesday at Alliance Sit, 5.30 to 6.30. Very short, just after work. We're going to have a wonderful happy hour without alcohol, sorry. Uh, but we have lovely food there. You can buy some drinks. So anybody who's in business, you're a business owner or you're a business person and you just love to be involved, just come. And at the end of the year, we haven't had many business meetings this year because we had so many conferences and we didn't want to put too much pressure. But next year, we're going to have a whole new uh, lease of life in the business um, communities. That's going to be absolutely amazing. Wow, I'm so amazed. I'm so glad that uh, about today, and, and I think I want to start with a something funny. I haven't done, I used to do always something funny, uh, every talk, uh, but some of you guys have been asking, can you please go back to the, to the fun stuff? Okay, okay, well, this is the fun stuff. So here's a fun, fun little story. Health secrets of a hundred-year-old man. Everyone asked this 100-year-old man his health secrets. The old man said, I'll tell you a secret. I've been married for 75 years. Promised my wife when we got married that when two people quarrel, the loser has to walk five kilometers. I've been walking five kilometers for 75 years. And all the women said... Everyone asked then, said, but how come your wife is so healthy as well? Well, the old man says, I'll tell you another secret. She has been following me every day to make sure that I really finish the five kilometers. <laughs> well, that's the way to stay healthy, right? Come on, who's going who's to take this up? Come on, Catherine, we can do this thing. You gotta follow me though, you know. I don't mind walking, but the thing's like, you gotta follow me and the dog. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> oh, so good. So good, so good. A little bit back here. Wow. Today we finished the uh, amazing, I was, I was saying the amazing race, but it's actually the amazing grace race. The amazing grace series we finished this morning. And uh, I've called, entitled this particular talk, Glorious Grace. But be honest with you, the other title that it deserves is probably such a great salvation. And it's kind of wrapping up this whole series of the last couple of months. Who's enjoyed this amazing grace series? Hopefully a lot of revelation has come your way. Uh, God is so amazing. He's so good. And we love what God is doing off the back of the Grace and Glory Conference, of course, we had two months ago. Uh, by the way, next year we've got some amazing things lined up. I can't say yet. But some people are coming who've never been here before. And it's going to be absolutely amazing again. So, wow, so good. Well, one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago is there's a line over here that, that, um, that Christianity is so beautiful because Christianity actually starts at the finish line, right? Christianity starts by being holy and perfect forever. Your spirit is born again, and so here's the finishing line. So here we, we start at the finishing line as a Christian, 
It's the gift of God by grace that comes to us, the gift of righteousness, the gift of perfection, the gift of innocence into your life. So we're starting right here at the finish line. Everything is given to us, every blessing of Christ. You don't have to work for it, all been given to you. You're accessed by faith, but you have been received all the stuff already. Be given, holy, holy. Holy means fully holy, holy, holy. So it's quite funny. Holy, holy. You'll be holy, holy, fully holy in your life, fully perfect in Christ once and for all. And we've got a few scriptures there to show this in this way. It's so wonderful that we start from this gift of grace. All other religions, they're trying to get to the finish line. They're trying to get be good enough. They're trying to be loved by God. They're trying to be accepted by God. They're trying all this kind of stuff and actually never getting there. Never getting there. But Christianity is so different because we actually start at the finish line. We start with perfection. You know, even in the, um, in the um, when Jesus was talking in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking about at the end all the stuff he's talking about. And then he says at the end, now be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. And everybody goes, <gasps> you know, in the Old Testament. You know, all the, who, can, who can be perfect? It's not possible. But of course, Jesus was prophesying a day when perfection would come through his own life, by his own sacrifice on the cross, to people who would be born again, who are sitting right here in front of me today, and have been the last 2,000 years, this amazing new reality. It's a gift from God. And it actually has nothing to do with you or with me. It never has and it will never do this. And we see a few scriptures here about Hebrews. One sacrifice is made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. Well, that one says you've been perfect forever. You're holy in your spirit, born again from God, born from incorruptible seed, totally holy. You can't sin in your, you can't sin in your spirit. You are a son and a daughter of God once and for all. You're cocooned with him. You're one spirit with him, the Bible says. It's absolutely awesome and amazing. And then from this place of perfection of your spirit, then our soul and our body has to catch up. Well, the body is just the body that does whatever it wants, but the soul will have to, it also does whatever it wants, but has to be reshaped by this new reality. So we don't work towards salvation or for salvation, but we actually work from salvation and we're working out our salvation. And that goes like... Because what you do, you come actually from grace and filled with God's spirit and perfection, this beautiful righteousness, and then you start walk, working out your salvation with the things of life. But the things of life don't determine your salvation. It's already done. Right? It's already done. It's very important. Also, it's not the Jesus glasses. Remember we talked about last time. I talked about this, 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 this talk about, it's called uh, living from innocence. And I talked, I don't have the funny glasses, but these glasses, my reading glasses. And so... Some of us Christian thinks, I am still a sinner saved by grace. Well, you aren't. You were, but you aren't right now. You're a saint, right? Anyway, but some of us think, no, 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 no. We are only beautiful and holy because Jesus got the, God's got the Jesus glasses. So when God puts the Jesus glasses on, oh, you're so beautiful and holy, my bride. But then God takes the Jesus glasses off. Ah! You are so sinful. You're still such a sinner, saved by grace, but you're still you're full, of sin, full of stuff in your life. And we said, oh, no, 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 that's not the way. Because then if you think that way, then this salvation is only a positional salvation. Your position in Christ, which is good news, by the way. But the problem is, though, then you still feel 
really ugly and really sinful all the time. No, what has happened is, and the Bible is full of it, the new covenant, of course, is that we have been made new. Thank you very much. We've been born again by God's spirit. So we have now new spirit, new desires. The old has been cut out and the new has been put in. It's like a new hard drive. And now you are a son of the living God and now you start working out your salvation in the newness of life. Now, I love Ephesians, one of my favorite books in the Bible, and it talks about the gospel of grace. I would like you to stand, and I'd like you to read this with me, Ephesians 1, um, 3 to something. 10. Ten. Let's read this together in Jesus' name. Here we go, verse 3. <clears throat> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. Stop. Let's say it again. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. What a great salvation. Such a great salvation. I love Ephesians. I love this book of Ephesians. We have received so much. The glory of grace, what he talked about, this glorious grace, is all in the cross. It's all in the finished work of Christ. On the cross. It's so beautiful. And Paul says here, freely you have received this glorious grace in Christ. Glorious grace. Now, I wonder, what's the difference between grace and glorious grace? Let me, let me suggest something here. I'm going to go, there's a couple of things on, on the screen right now. I'm going to read to you a few things what grace will be, and then we get to glorious grace. So grace will be something like this. Grace is the divine characteristic that enables, furnishes, and equips human beings to live in a supernatural dimension. Grace carries the refreshing reality of God's ongoing acceptance of us, an acceptance not dependent on our failures or successes. Grace reveals that God loves us and we are valued and accepted just as we are. Grace is God's desire to bless us, not on the basis of our performance, but on the basis of Jesus' performance on our behalf. Amen. Grace turns disappointments into divine appointments and failure into stepping stones to success. God rescues us from the syndrome of rejection and insecurity and the tyranny of performance-oriented living. Who knows that this is overrated, living like that? Stop it. 
and the endless anxiety associated with trying to achieve and earn, earn acceptance by keeping laws and regulations and everything else. Grace means that God's correction and rebuke does not involve a withdrawal of his acceptance, but rather a proof of his love for us. God disciplines his sons and daughters because he loves them. God delivers us from self-effort and the heresy of the self-made purpose. Grace is not what we do for God, but what he does for us. Grace brings the sunshine of heaven into our hearts. It releases us from the oppression of people's negative opinion. It nullifies Satan's accusations and evaporates guilt and regret. Grace sets us free to what God created us to be, an enthusiastic just like this this morning, an enthusiastic, joyful, spontaneous, unpredictable, risk-taking, and secure and loving people, the people of God. Isn't it amazing? So this is kind of describes grace. Now, what would glorious grace then be? What would glorious grace be? It's in the, in the, so in the scripture here. Glorious grace describes God's view and opinion of you. But a very important word has to be before that. Glorious grace describes God's eternal view and opinion of you. See, the way we see God is very important. But the way God sees us is much more important. A human being, sorry, as human beings, the most powerful influence to liberate our personhood is not so much who you believe in, but who believes in you what a powerful sorry when a powerful person believes in you when a powerful person has faith in you or me you know how powerful that is it liberates the potential that God invested in your being faith in God is wonderful but glorious grace is to discover God's faith and opinion of you see God true faith is born in the discovery of God's faith in you. And here's the clincher. Our father's opinion and view of you and of me was never decided and never defined by his response to your behavior, whether good or bad. It is, Christianity is not behaviorism. Yes. Now, most of the church act that way and they preach that way. But I say it is not that way. God never decided a probation process of watching and observing you, your behavior over a period of time, whether you'll be good enough for him. The truth is of a glorious grace is that the father decided his view and opinion of you before time began. The earth the earth picture before the earth it's not really the earth but it looks like the earth. of course it's the earth but it's like the whole atmosphere it's the whole guys before the earth was ever established it says here ephesians 1 4 before the earth before time began before anything of creation was made in this sense god had already purposed for you and for me to be holy and blameless in Jesus. That 
is glorious grace. It's that your father saw you found in eternity in Christ before you were ever lost in Adam before time began. Come on, God, good behavior is important, right? Good behavior is important, but your behavior, good or bad, does not change your identity. I'm not going to go behave well to get to my identity here in Jesus Christ on the finish line. No, we just established that we've been given our identity, fullness of Christ's perfection. So actually what happens is our identity will determine our behavior. If you know who you really are, you start acting like you really are. And if you're not acting the way you are, you have this warfare inside of you between your soul who's trying to be obedient or not to the Spirit and the Holy Spirit in you. And so there's this warfare. And if others know the stuff around you, or I know the stuff around you, I will smack you over the head. There is discipline in the body of Christ. If you do dumb stuff, you should stop it. It is not honoring to God for one. It's not honoring to other people. You'll feel terrible. You're made for this way. Why would you do it? But what I'm trying to say to you is, it has nothing to do, though, with your salvation. Your salvation is secure over here. Your salvation actually has nothing to do with you. Anything to do with you. Ever was, ever will. You know, some people have never heard this before. I still hear people saying to me, I have never heard this before. I thought it was all working hard and doing better and doing this and Jesus loved me more and blah, blah, blah. See, religion says change your behavior and God will be pleased with you and he will love you. Of course, it's God is pleased with you when you do good behavior. But it's not your identity. It's not who you are. And surely not has to do with your salvation. No, change your view of God that before time began, that before you were born, that before the earth was made. That's a long time ago. Before you had ever sinned or had successes or anything else in your life, God had already decided in his love to see you and me in Christ Jesus all throughout the corridors of time. That is glorious grace. That is a great salvation. That you can bank your life on. Oh, three of you are excited about this. <laughs> Amazing. See, before we were ever lost in Adam, you know, Adam and Eve sinned, you know, 2000, ever before Christ already found us. Before anything ever happened, Christ already found us. Before he created time, before the, all in the eternal realm to bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's so beautiful. The gospel is so beautiful. Glorious grace, see how righteous you are before the Father, before the creation of the world. Well, that will get you out of bed every morning. And this is how God wants to define the, ourselves, the people to define themselves. Not according to the opinion of themselves. Not my opinion about myself. Not to define you on the opinion of other people around you. Not even to define you in the whole thing of your failures and the things that you do in your life, but what God thinks about you. And I want to add to it before time began. It's one thing for God to think about you right now, and it's wonderful, and I love that. And that's grace, you know, with you right now is beautiful. But I want you to see that it's not even about your little life. 
It is for us, but it's not with us. God determined before the creation of the world that we would step into Christ. And when you step into Christ, you step into this cosmic grace, this cosmic salvation. It's much bigger than you and I. We make it very individualistic in the, in the Western world in particular. But it's about families. It's about nations. It's about the bride of Christ. It's the whole world. And the world is so small. It's so tiny, you know. <laughs> and you are even more tiny. The choices he made, the gifts that God already presented to us were made, verse 5, I love this, you know, with his eternal pleasure towards you and me in mind. Doesn't that make you feel loved? It's not just a little thing for now. Before time began. And the funny thing is, before time began, he already knew you would be sitting here. And he knows you. All the hairs on your head. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, he's so big. We think so small. We got a little life in all the time, you know. But if you can, big God, big Jesus, big Holy Spirit. And the finished work is like, Mwah. it's everything. Jesus is everything. That's what we've got on our website. It's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. This beautiful God family who loves us so incredibly much. And that's why we have to stop making us all Christianity about behavior. It is not about behavior. Behavior won't get you into salvation. Behavior won't get you out of salvation. And the reason why, because behavior has nothing to do with your salvation. It's not about you. It was never about you. It was given to you outside of you. The new covenant is made between the Father and the Son. On your behalf, the Father and the Son. That's why we can be so secure in our salvation because it cannot be broken. Why? Because it has nothing to do with me or you. It has everything to do with the Father and the Son who are God. And they can never disown themselves. They're always right. They're always holy. They'll never break anything. So our security in this kingdom of God is just amazing. Such a great salvation and it's all because of the sacrifice of jesus the cross was god's ambush for the enemy 1 corinthians 2 i love this the wisdom we speak of this whole thing of the cross of of this mystery of god his plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our look look at this he made it for our ultimate glory everybody say yeah, and after that? I mean, come on. And some of you have not even seen that, you know. It's like, before the world began. The glory. But the rulers of this world, Satan and all his cohort, have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the king of glory. This is glorious grace. This is such a great salvation. If the devil had known this, he would never have tempted Adam and Eve. He would never have done this. He lost big time. God was so smart. So much bigger than Satan anyway. And don't forget that Satan, I know he's big in the sense of a strong angel. But don't forget there's two other angels that are as big. You know? 
Michael and Michelangelo, no, Michael and Gabriel. And they're all created beings. They're angels. They're strong, but they're angels. And then Jesus, when he rose from the grave, he put Satan under our feet. <laughs> gone. I mean, he's still gone, but the thing is, though, the power is gone. Unless you let him have power in your life. He's got no power on you. You've got, you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. Resurrection power. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you and in me, right? I think we should lift our Christianity a little bit and our experience and our theology a little bit of what we really have. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And so this gift of salvation, this gift of righteousness, this gift of love and grace is the foundation of your identity in Christ. And this is called acceptance grace. You've been accepted once and for all. You cannot fail. I love this. I wrote this yesterday. Your acceptance by God as a son or a daughter is anchored into the eternal realm of God's glory and redemptive story and cannot be broken. That would do well on the website, on a little face thing, FaceTime something, <laughs> Facebook, whatever. It's a covenant between the Father and the Son on our behalf. Amen? Amen? Now, this revelation then empowers you to live the Christian life. This empowers you now not to live a sinful life, to do stuff that is not in line with who you really are, the purpose of life, missing the mark with sinfulness, missing the mark all the time. It's not like this. Because our righteousness that has been imputed and given both positionally and intrinsically, give it to you, empowers you to live that kind of life. So we do what we already are. It's not we're trying to do something that we're not, it's really hard to do because I want to be holy because it's just so hard to be holy. No, no. Remember? You are holy. Oh, okay. So now be holy. Oh, okay. Now I understand. And that's following Jesus. Be like Jesus. And do like Jesus. It's not very difficult, Christianity. Be like Jesus and do like Jesus. In both purity and power. It is not difficult because God has put purity and power inside of you. You just got to make sure you connect to it and you don't give over to the flesh. That's why the Bible said the sons and daughters of God, they live by the spirit. Because you can't live by the flesh. You can live like the devil. You can go out right now and live like the devil. You can decide to do that. But we live by the Holy Spirit. We put to death, like Paul says often, the things of the flesh. Amen? I love this scripture. Look at this, Titus 2. He says, verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared, the grace of God, Jesus, that offers salvation to all people. This grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself, come on, a people that are his very own, eager to do his will. Sorry, to do what's good, that's his will. Eager to do what is good. See, we do what we are. We're eager to do good. Why? It's because goodness was deposited into your body, into your spirit. You are goodness. 
You look like Jesus, exactly like Jesus. And now we start walking it out in our minds and we take captive those thoughts that don't belong and make it obedient to Christ. Make it obedient to Christ. Say, sorry, Lord. You don't have to ask forgiveness. He already forgiven you. He already did it before time began. The lamb was slain before time began. I know it's getting too complicated for some of you. But this is amazing theology. When you get it, it's unbelievable how it works. But yeah, when you make a mistake, say, sorry, that was dumb. Knowing that you are already forgiven because you're awesome. You're perfect in Christ. You'll never change. Oh, Jesus, help me. So good. Almost done. Almost done. Almost done. See, acceptance grace always gives you empowering grace. Two sides of the same coin. Grace empowers you for life. It's just the way it is. From the Spirit. Somebody's talking to me. Oh, this thing's talking to me. The kids bought this for me for my 60th, 60th the other day, and sometimes it talks to me. It's oh, yeah. Okay. I don't even know how you stop this thing, to be honest with you. It's so new that I don't even know. <laughs> Have you done your walk today? I know. I'm walking here, right here. It's in my walk. Why are you talking to me? I'm walking all the time. Oh, not enough. Okay, I'll walk a bit faster, you know? Sorry. Okay, I want to finish with this scripture. It's, it's my, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I mean, everything is good, but this is amazing good uh, in this way. And I'll do it in the Passion Translation because the Passion Translation has just this angle of just the passionate love of God for his creation. And I just love this thing. And, I, and this is Paul. So in Ephesians 3, so two chapters later, Paul talks about the stuff. And now he is so, he's, so, he's so overwhelmed by the goodness of Christ, this great salvation. This glorious grace. He said, I'm so, I'm overwhelmed. This is what he says. Verse 14. So I kneel, kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. Verse 16. And I pray that he would unveil, and I'm praying this for us. I pray that he, God, would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and the favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Who feels more powerful already? That's in you. Come on, it's in you. Verse 17. Then... By constantly using your faith, everything is accessed by faith, right? We established that a while back. The life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Come on, that's where we're living from. Verse 18, 19. Then you will be empowered. Everybody say empowered. Empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. You are a holy one. Remember, saint. By the way, I forgot to tell you. Have you got your certificate of sainthood? You get it online. It's called, it says Universal Ministries. It's God's ministry. You go online. You look for Universal Ministries. And you say, Gideon. And then God says, here is your certificate of sainthood. Make sure that you have it. Make sure you know about this because this will help you in your time of need. Anyway, let's keep going. 
Holy One, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all his dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Come on, let's stand together. Endless love beyond measurement. And that's some music, please. Thank you very much. You need some words. This is like amazing. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Ah, amazing. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Come on, now, now, come on. How is our response right now? Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise. See, glorious grace always goes into glorious praise. That riches from every church, including Harmony Church, that rises from every church in every generation through Christ Jesus and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. And we see in Revelation that the elders then fall down because they know all this stuff and they don't stop calling and worshiping. Holy, holy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you see Jesus Christ, the Lamb was slain before time began. Come on, let's worship Him for a moment. You're so worthy, Lord.